This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Wayne Vanderwall, who is the author of a couple of books. One that I'm focused on today is The Gospel of Santa Claus. And the other one is, um, let's see, Corky the Yorkie. I like that. Uh, it's kind of kind of got a bounce to it. Uh, <laughs> are you there, Wayne? I am here, John. Thank you for having me. Looking forward yes. to chatting with yes. you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's my privilege. My privilege. Um, I've got uh, first of all, uh, 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 as I was looking through the materials, I I pulled a bit what I'll call a, a synopsis that I want to read to my audience. Um, uh, Wayne's book, The Gospel of Santa Claus, follows the incredible story of St. Nicholas, who overcomes childhood tragedy, feels God called by, excuse me, feels called by God to take a vow of poverty, giving all he has to the poor, sick, and suffering, endures horrific persecution for his religious faith, and goes on to become one of the most beloved, generous, loving figures in human history by sharing the birth and gospel of Christ. Um, that's uh, that's quite a quite a synopsis. It's uh, I didn't there's know a whole lot about that. Yeah, not too many people do. And uh, at the time when I uh, started researching, I didn't either. And so that's, uh, I was uh, uh, greatly pleased uh, to get the revelation of who St. Nicholas was and what an incredible life story he had and, and inspiring life story, if anything. And, and uh, yeah, so it was a movie, it became a movie in my head that I had to get out and, and share with others. Is that when you knew? When was it exactly that you knew you had a book in you? Uh, pretty much uh, probably the following year. If, if you wouldn't mind if I just back up real quick and just share about when, when the book came to me. It was back in 2008 uh, when I went through a divorce. So uh, most difficult year of my life and I had... A, two children, 11-year-old daughter, nine-year-old son, and the holidays rolled around that year, and and uh, I, I determined I had two choices that year. Uh, I could be bitter or get better, and in, in the spirit of uh, your show, Searching for Integrity, uh, thankfully, I chose to get better and uh, be a better person and... Uh, uh, you know, have uh, be the most integrous person I could be at that time, and that <clears throat> that's when the holidays rolled around, and and I was uh, disillusioned with all the materialism of the the Christmas season, and wanted to make it more meaningful for my children, and that's when I started doing research uh, about 
Christmas and Santa Claus. And I knew there was a connection between Santa Claus and St. Nicholas, but I didn't know the details. And so that's when I uh, started doing research and, and learned about, you know, the real Santa Claus, St. Nicholas and who he was and what what an incredible man of integrity he was himself. And uh very inspiring story that helped me in my journey and also helped my kids. Uh, and so, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm visual, so it came to me as a movie, but but I can't go out and just make a movie. Uh, but I, I knew I could put my the scenes and my thoughts on paper, and, and so that's what I, I started doing. It just wouldn't go away. It just kept burning within me, and I, I just had to get it out of my head. And uh, so it was shortly thereafter, that, se- that Christmas season, after sharing it uh, verbally with my children, the story of St. Nicholas and who he was and what he did and, and how he really changed how we did Christmas at Christmas and every Christmas after that. Um, yeah, I just started putting these scenes slowly on paper uh, or on the, on the laptop, I should say, uh, over, over the, the following years. Well, I can certainly relate to that. I, I'm also an author, author, uh-huh. and and I, uh, I I I accumulated a couple of large boxes of a lot of scrap paper that I had ideas, <laughs> and <laughs> and and it did you know I, I accumulated that over a period of thirty years. It took me thirty wow. years to write my book. Uh huh. Yeah. And I knew if I didn't get it out, I was going to bust. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so you can relate. Yeah, that's great. Now, seeing in in your background, it's pretty healthy uh, background you have, Wayne. Um, Diverse speaking and leadership experience spans 30 years of leading various ministries, including Mm -hmm. Bible studies, college ministry, divorce care, jail ministry, inner city ministry, men's ministry and youth group that's that's quite a quite an audience there that you've uh, dealt with yeah i'm one of those uh i call myself a worker bee i i, I just uh, if there's a need somewhere uh especially in the, the church uh where there's hurting people or, or there's a need for someone to step in and, and lead or help out uh i'm just that's just my personality i'm just uh, if there's a need i'm happy to step in and help out and do what I can to to help. So, yeah, so I I, I, I have been blessed uh, to be a part of many different ministries in, in different parts of the country, too. So that, that kind of makes it fun and interesting, too. Uh, yeah. Well, your credentials are, are certainly good. Uh, you were a school psychologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what grades was that? Uh, well, when I was a school counselor, I was uh, middle school, so sixth, seventh, eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then I did that for ten years, and then for fifteen years, I did. I was a school psychologist, and and uh, we mostly work with the population, students with disabilities, and and that ranged from age three to age twenty-two. So I, I worked with uh, all ages between three and 22, mostly elementary. I like the elementary mm-hmm. uh, kids. So really three to age 12, uh, most of the mm-hmm. time, just, uh, I, I like the early intervention. I just felt like I could make more of a difference uh, being there for the, the younger kiddos, help getting them help sooner and better and, and earlier. 
And uh, yeah, so that's where I spent most of my time with elementary. Well, working with uh, the middle school students uh, says a lot about your patience level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough age, you know, and, and uh, so... Uh, yeah, for some reason I was just drawn to to that level. I, uh, uh, as far as for counseling, you know, having conversations with them because they were at a pivotal, pivotal spot in their their maturity, and uh, you know they're developing from being children to adults. You know, we'd get them at sixth graders, you know, age eleven or so, and then they'd be leaving age thirteen, fourteen. And a uh, real pivotal time in their life. So uh, I don't know. I was just drawn to that population to be there during that time for them and try to try to make that transition from childhood to young adulthood as smooth and possible and, and try to be as helpful to them <laughs> as I could and guide them in the right direction, hopefully. Sure, sure. You were also the president of the Estate Association. Yeah, one time I, uh, the Nevada School Psychologists Association, Nevada Association of School Psychologists, uh, I was uh, president. I had various roles, uh, you know, secretary, uh, president, president-elect, uh, and um, on the board for a few years there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's one of those, just the helper, you know, there's a, uh, a need and no one was really stepping up at the time and so I stepped in and, and helped out and was happy to help out and, and rebuild and build it into something that was significant for our school psychologists around our state. Right. You know, you've got something with your book that a lot of people don't have and that is that it, it regenerates itself every year. <laughs> yeah. It, it you know you get a boost every year yeah uh, yeah which is great yeah. which is terrific um, but but yours goes a lot deeper i think than just uh, uh, a story of santa claus it's uh, the, the the true story is all about saint nicholas mm -hmm. an incredible story as you describe it yeah and just the the lessons learned just from his life uh you know dealing with just different things. I mean, for one, uh, being young and losing his parents, uh, they, they actually died in a plague of all things. And here we are in, in our pandemic. Uh, but, uh, he lost his parents when he was young, uh, in a plague. And so, uh, there's dealing with death. You know, that's one of the, the themes in, in the book, uh, on how to deal with it and deal with it in a healthy manner. And, uh, and then, uh, him maturing into young adult and, and making decisions, trying to figure out where he's going in life uh, or some matters that come up. And then uh, he, because of his faith, he, he, uh, he later becomes a priest and bishop in the Christian church at that time. And, and uh, at that time, Emperor Diocletian was the uh, Roman emperor and he, uh, uh, persecuted Christians. He was one of the worst Roman emperors towards Christians in the Roman history, and uh, and 
Nicholas was not immune to that. He uh, was persecuted and uh, was actually in prison for five years uh, in his lifetime. And so dealing with persecution, but yet the beautiful thing about Nicholas is just how he uh, responded to to these difficult situations in his life and difficult people dealing with his life. He 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 always responded with uh, love and joy and peace and uh, patience and kindness uh, and uh, you know the fruits of the, the Holy Spirit and and you know practiced what he preached and uh, he lived in an area on the Mediterranean. Uh, at that time, it was called Lycia. Today, it's the country of Turkey, and he lived on the coast uh, in these port cities. And the Mediterranean was the center of the world back then. And um, so there were people from all over the world, Africa, Middle East, Asia, Europe, uh, all coming and going. And uh, because of his generosity and his loving spirit and generous spirit, uh, his reputation uh, went out to the world, and today there's thousands of St. Nicholas churches all around the world because he's a patron saint to so many people, sailors and prisoners and children and and uh, so many different uh, people groups and even countries. Uh, he had such an impact, and, and it all goes back to... Uh, the theme of your show, integrity. Uh, he was a man of integrity, and and it stood out uh, uh, more than than others, and it was noted by people from around the world, and and his reputation uh, grew. So, and to to who we know as Santa Claus today, and that's a whole whole other story how how his name morphed from Saint Nick to Santa Claus. But uh, but yeah, the the book definitely goes into some heavy, heavy themes, and, and and I have devotions at the end of each chapter to help uh, go deep, a little deeper with uh, the content of whatever chapter uh, of each chapter and and what Nicholas had gone through during that time uh, in, in his life. Well, it's a perfect example of the old saying: uh, "There's more to the story." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this sure. one really is, you know, uh, uh-huh. really, really is. Yeah, I, I had no, I, I didn't know. I guess most people just think about it for a week or so, and what am I going to buy the kids? And, and <laughs> hopefully, they don't know that I'm buying it. <laughs> right. I, I have right. four children, so I, I know those ropes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, the, the, I had a lot of fun writing the book. It was a labor of love. It took a long time to write, but but I also I didn't do away with any of the traditions, you know, because every family is a little different how they want to handle it uh, and and handle the whole idea of Santa Claus. So I didn't I didn't uh, negate anything. It, it's it's I really wrote it for me. I would read with my children before bed, and so when I wrote it, I had that in mind that. I, I split it up into 30 chapters to be read the 30 nights before Christmas, and uh, that uh, each night uh, that we had, it would facilitate conversations 
with the family, you know, for the family to read together and facilitate conversation. And, you know, family can choose how they want to address certain things. And, and so if a family, you know, doesn't want to, you know, do the Santa Claus tradition, then uh, they have that opportunity while they're reading through the book to uh, not, uh, to not, you know, to just focus on St. Nicholas and, and the historical figure. Uh, but if they, their kids are younger and they're still having some fun with that tradition, it doesn't, the book doesn't ruin it either. Uh, it, it has a way to tie things up at the end to still keep that tradition alive. Uh, if, if that's what the family chooses to do. And, and uh, so, yeah, I had fun just making the book uh, work for, for all families and, and, how they want to do the traditions and, and, and deal with Santa Claus. And, and I, I, I made it, uh, it actually has two storylines. It actually has uh, St. Nicholas's history, but it really starts, the book starts with the modern day family on a train going to visit the grandparents up north. And they meet an elderly gent who starts to tell them about the true story of St. Nicholas, the real story of Santa Claus. And then it kind of, the story goes back and forth. So there's really two storylines going. It's it's this modern day family who's really not a happy family at that time, uh, meeting this elderly gent. But then they're hearing about the story of Saint Nicholas and and all the positivity in his life and how he touched people and and the pe- the modern day family uh, gets blessed and and I tie the two stories together at the end uh, and. Uh, so I, I and I wanted to do that because I wanted to have have a modern connection uh, to, for my kids and for anybody else who reads it. You know, not it's just not some historical figure that did all these great things that uh, it can tie into today and what we can learn from Nicholas's story uh, can also be uh, lived out today. It's a great example, it really is. Um, and it, the way I can't get over the part that it, it, every year it comes back, um, <laughs> and and you know it's uh, it's that, that's a terrific uh, situation uh, for for people that maybe didn't buy it this last Christmas, but maybe they will this next Christmas. Yeah, uh, certainly yeah. a good story. Yeah, absolutely. It is a historical fiction novel, so. Yeah, really, it could be read any time of year, uh, and uh, you know, people do do read it. I've, it was interesting to see the sales last summer. Uh, you know how many people bought it over the summer to read it, just as a historical fiction novel. But, but yeah, for the most part, it's most you know meaningful uh, around the holiday season and fresh, just to kind of get our get our minds in the right right frame of mind uh you know for the reason for the season and what it's all about you know peace on earth and goodwill toward man and 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 love and peace and joy all that good stuff yeah Mm -hmm. good good i like it i see you're in the uh uh, vineyard business yeah yeah i have uh, some ownership in a vineyard uh in napa valley and it's a, a gentleman. He actually created Wine.com and sold 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 it and bought a vineyard and created a winery. and And he shares his vineyard with other people. That people, just average Joe's uh, 
plain wains like me can buy some ownership in into it and uh and i just love uh, just sitting in the vineyard it's just so peaceful and beautiful and and there's a lot of biblical uh uh examples in vineyards you know where vines vineyards wine grapes i mean there's so many uh visuals and and examples uh in in the bible that i don't know i just the vineyard just feels like a a spiritual place to me when i'm sitting there just enjoying the peace and quiet and beauty of it all so i'm just thankful for that opportunity to have have uh to be able to be a part of that did the did the weather bother you at all or interfere or see fires or were you not sure exactly where you are other than napa yeah thankfully uh no a couple couple seasons ago fire seasons it was uh bad well i i shouldn't say this this season was actually really bad and there's many uh wineries uh that uh decided not to do a vintage this year because of the smoke and they they feel like the smoke affected the grapes enough to where they're not even going to bother doing a 2020 vintage um but i think others will and and i it'll be interesting to see you know in a couple of years uh you know they're usually uh bottled and, and shelved for at least a year mm-hmm. you know, to two or three and so it'll be interesting to see in a couple of years you know what vintages come out from 2020 and I'm sure all the descriptions will have a, a smoky flavor in in their description at some point. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a kind of a rough season as far as fires. Uh, it didn't directly affect uh, our vineyard, thankfully. I mean the smoke, but it wasn't. It, ours is uh, the south end of Napa, Carneros, which is the cooler region mm-hmm. near the uh, near the Bay Area. Uh, so a little less affected, thankfully, unfortunately, there. Um, but no structures, no, no, nothing, no vineyards burned down this year that I that I can think of. Maybe, maybe one or two. But a couple years ago, yeah, there there were a few vineyards that were lost, uh, wineries that were lost. That was sad. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, Scotch drinkers like a smoky flavor. Uh, <laughs> there you go. They, <laughs> so you you don't know what you may have missed <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it'll be interesting it'll be fun to fun. that's like that's a whole fun part about the wine world and and i'm sure even uh scotch and whiskey and all these others you know it's the season exactly what you said weather is a huge part of mm-hmm. uh big effect on the, the climate uh it has a great effect on on the product that comes out and uh you know wetter seasons dry seasons uh perfect seasons mm-hmm. you know you just never know but that's that's kind of the fun of it in, in trying it you know tasting doing tastings uh because uh, we all have different palates and mm-hmm. something we there's you know something one person might like the smoky another not you know but there's going to be something for everybody you know if you, you that's the fun part of it it's just experimenting and trying and tasting well i have as my last item here corky the yorkie yeah how's that coming going yeah i'm really excited this was uh a children's book uh 
titled Beware, Corky the Yorkie is a Sock Thief, and it's uh, written for children two to six. And as a school psychologist, I saw the, how important it is for uh, the early intervention, early learning, uh, you know, how important it is for, for kids to be uh, exposed to reading and, and academics and ABCs and one, two, threes, the earlier, the better. And so I wrote this book based on uh, a real dog, Corky the Yorkie. I inherited him. Uh, he was born in 2007. My mom had him, and then uh, she had health issues, so uh, she asked me to take him. So I actually had him since 2009, and uh, he and I were little buddies for for years and uh just reflecting on him and and my mom and the relationship they had and, uh, a little uh, like a dr seuss rhyme poem came to me with numbers and colors and patterns and so i i had that sitting around just like you mentioned about your box of papers <laughs> i had that <laughs> sitting around for about seven years I, I wrote it sitting in an airport one day and just had it sitting around and and during this uh uh, pandemic being being isolated and I created a uh, publishing company book publishing company so I thought yeah I might as well write uh, and get uh, the book illustrated and so I published it uh, it just came out in uh, November and uh, the kids uh, it, it was perfect timing just before Christmas you know a lot of people buying it for for their children uh, and grandchildren uh, before Christmas, and and the kids love it, love the poem. And then in the back, I have a lot of academic stuff with colors and numbers and and uh, writing and uh, high frequency words and a lot of academic stuff uh, to get them ready. It's for pre K and Kinder uh, students to get them get them not only up to speed but maybe even ahead as far as learning goes and so I'm really excited about this book it's a lot of fun and it's fun to see the kids uh, to get it and read it and light up and uh, yeah so sounds like it Wayne tell us how to get in touch with you if uh, readers want to buy either book or both books okay well I have two websites I have uh, the gospel of Santa Claus dot com and then I also have WayneVanderWall.com, and uh, they both have links to uh, buy it. They're both on Amazon uh, right now, and uh, and then there's also contact information if anyone wants to get a hold of me uh, personally or professionally for any reason. Very good, very good, Wayne. Uh, thanks for being our guest today, and. Uh, uh, listeners, thank you, too, for tuning in to Searching for Integrity. So long, and happy trails to all.